Are you tired of scrolling your feed only to see the highlight reel version of motherhood? If so, then you're in the right place. Welcome to the Motherhood Intended Podcast. I'm your host, Jacqueline Baird, and I'm a passionate mom here to support women like you in their unique journeys to and through motherhood. I have been through it all. We're going to be talking about things like trying to conceive, infertility, IVF, surrogacy, mom life, and more. It's time to get real about what it takes to be a mom and come together in the fact that things don't always go as planned. So here we go. Hey, it's Jacqueline. Welcome back to Motherhood Intended. Today's episode is a very exciting one for me because it is the first time I'm talking to a couple women who are surrogates themselves. So as you know, earlier this week, we had our frozen embryo transfer with our surrogate. Everything went very well. It was awesome. We got to hang out with our surrogate and her husband for a little while. I was able to be in the room for the actual transfer, which was just amazing. Obviously, I've been through this myself. I've done a fresh transfer and a frozen transfer for our sons, but honestly, it all just kind of hit different from this point of view this time. It was truly, I was like shaking. I just had the chills. Like science is amazing, you guys. It is truly amazing. And watching it happen just really brought all the feelings of like, wow, I am so thankful for this opportunity and for science and IVF and our amazing surrogate because without all of this, I mean, it just wouldn't be possible to grow our family. So watching the embryo transfer and seeing on the screen them like place our little embryo like exactly in the safe spot that it needs to be. It just gave me the chills and we are crossing all our fingers and toes that it all works out and we are playing the waiting game right now. For those who know, there's the two-week wait. You know, anytime you're trying to get pregnant, there's that awful two-week wait. Now, it's a little bit shorter when you do an embryo transfer. We were transferring a five-day embryo, so basically cut that down by like five days. It's about a 10-day wait when it's like the blood test time for the pregnancy test. But from what I read and just from what I remember when I was doing my transfer, I was testing like every two seconds, like with at-home pregnancy tests because I didn't want to be told the news over the phone. I just like wanted to know. I just wanted to see it with my own eyes. So I was taking pregnancy tests at home like, I don't know, about like five days before the actual blood test to confirm But obviously, this situation is a little different. Our surrogate is in Texas. So she did say that she will be taking a test at home. And she did that with her last surrogacy journey as well. But she'll only tell me if we want to know. So I haven't quite decided yet. I might just want to wait until the official blood test day just to kind of like rip it like a band-aid. Like, I don't want any mind games. I just want to know for sure. So (laughs) we'll see. We'll keep you posted. I'm going to be honest. It's a little nerve-wracking having all of this so out in the open. As you know, I've always been an open book, whether I meant to or not, from the very start of our fertility journey. And it has brought so much support and education and friendships my way. So I am going to continue on that path. But also, you know, I'm just I'm prepared that we we don't know what the results are going to be. So everyone will be finding out with us. So I figured it can only help with all of the prayers and good vibes coming our way. So keep them coming because... It is not testing day yet, but stay tuned. So today's conversation is really interesting because like I said, I'm talking with two surrogates. Their names are Casey and Sunshine, and they are the founders of Surrogacy Is. Surrogacy Is is a first-of-its-kind surrogacy advocacy platform and agency that supports the incredible women who step up to the calling of helping parents in need create a family, and it's 100% free. 
So at its core, surrogacy is our true surrogate advocates acting on behalf of the women embarking on their surrogacy journey. In short, a true surrogate advocate is a person or group whose sole purpose is to advocate for brave moms who decide to become surrogates. Like I mentioned, it's founded by a team of experienced surrogates, and the organization protects surrogates through the process by vetting agencies and acting as a guide from start to finish. So aside from offering free surrogacy consultation and agency matching services, Surrogacy Is helps its clientele navigate compensation, avoid misleading or harmful agencies, and provide free coaching through webinars, online groups, and one-on-one calls whenever needed. And it's all 100% free. They've been in business for about three years, and they've just started incorporating resources for intended parents. So they are a one-of-a-kind agency. I love the approach they're taking to helping surrogates and intended parents cut down on wait times and finding their best match for building their families. Take a listen to our conversation as I get the inside scoop from the perspective of two surrogates on how their experiences went, how the process looks, and how surrogacy is is truly paving the way for surrogates and intended parents to have a more seamless experience. Hi, Sunshine and Casey. Welcome to the podcast. I'm just so excited to have you guys here today. Excited to be here. Let's start from the beginning. I would love to know each of your stories and kind of what led you to going on this adventure together and starting Surrogacy Is. Sunshine, I think that's you first. Okay, okay, I'll start. So I am Sunshine Hansen. I'm a three-time surrogate, retired now, and I am really just, it, this, this community is so important to me, the surrogacy community, because it's something that I kind of stumbled into without having a lot of understanding of the process. And I really went into it blindly and naively and full of hope. And I had some difficult experiences just from not having enough understanding of the process to choose an agency that was right for me. I was a high school English teacher when I was a surrogate for the first time. I carried twins for an amazing couple, two daddies in Australia, and the twins are seven now. And oh my gosh, they're so big. And then I really thought I would just do it the one time. But what I find and what I've learned now being in this industry as long as I have is that We go into it with an idea of what it's going to be like and then what ends up happening if you have a really good positive experience and a really good match is the day that the baby is born, that delivery day, even if there's complications, no matter what, whatever the outcome, as long as there is a baby in the parent's arms at the end of the journey, you know you've put in so much effort to get there and it's just this beautiful, rewarding level of satisfaction that's just like this high that I'll be chasing for the rest of my life because <laughs> it, it's it's unlike anything I've ever experienced except for when I did my next journey then. So I went on to do another journey I carried for a mom and dad in the States who struggled with infertility. They did have uh, their own daughter via IVF and my intended mother lost her uterus in that process. She almost died. Um, she almost lost her daughter. They're both healthy and beautiful now. Actually, her daughter's also just turned seven. And I carried her son and her second daughter for her and my next two journeys. So what I ended up discovering in that process, because I kind of went on this quest to find an agency that checked the boxes of what I thought I wanted, learning something new after every subsequent journey. And then I got into the industry and started working in marketing for a fertility doctor. And then I did intake for a large surrogacy agency. And I went on to do case management for another agency. I just kind of learned There's so many differences between the agencies just in 
the ethos and the why of every founder of every agency that kind of bleeds into how they do what they do and what their true mission is and what their values are. And as much as they all kind of look the same, if you read their their websites and you read all of their content on social, they all kind of say the same thing, but they're so different. And I just wished when I was doing intake, especially for an agency that I didn't feel great about, any surrogate that ever applied We had to push her through our process and it didn't sit right with me because I knew that what she was looking for wasn't something that our intended parent population had to offer. If somebody said she really wanted a match with domestic intended parents, I knew that the only intended parents that we had were in Asia. And so we would say, sure, 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 we'll do that and then push her in. You know, I didn't, but later in the agency, she'd be pushed into matching with somebody that wasn't what she wanted. So. That's what inspired me to start Surrogacy is and help women learn about the nuances of all the different agencies. And and here we are now, three years later, and making such an impact. It's beautiful. I'm so proud of it. That is so amazing. What an awesome story. I'm always thinking from my perspective, obviously, as an intended parent, but like on both sides, you really don't know what you don't know. So having someone kind of guide you through that, there's just so many options too. There's a lot of agencies out there. And like you said, you can do a quick Google search. I know as an intended parent, we were overwhelmed and they're all very different and offer different things, even though a quick search might show you otherwise. So that's awesome that you've been able to start this for everybody and help so many families. And Casey, tell us a little bit about your background. Yeah. So I entered into surrogacy. He is going to be 13 this year. So been in the industry 14 years now. I was a mom of two at the time and I had a friend who struggled with fertility and she didn't share it right up front, right? We were young. We were both going through college, graduating. And then ultimately when I started to try for our first child. It wasn't something that we struggled with and we had our first and then we went and had our second. And I remember having a conversation with her and her breakdown crying saying, you know, we, we've been struggling. We've been having a lot of loss and miscarriage after miscarriage. And I felt broken because I couldn't imagine my life without my girls. So for me, it was one of those things like, how, how can I help? And so surrogacy was introduced at that point. And really, it was like a no-brainer. I wanted to make a difference and be the change that I I couldn't imagine if I couldn't have that, that I wanted somebody else to. So started Google searching, as we all do. And there are a lot of agencies that usually, and what I learned now is the ones that are paying the highest ad are going to be at the top, right? And it doesn't necessarily mean that agency is going to be a good agency. But a lot of things that going into this, I don't even know what questions to ask. What makes an agency a good agency versus an agency that maybe isn't doing things the way they should to protect all parties to allow for that success of the journey? So uh, I got lucky. I do remember when I took the quiz, I had taken a couple quizzes with a couple different agencies. And I got a call from one woman who had said, your preliminary questions look great. Um, And and we have intended parents in San Diego and they want to get started. And I was like, wait a minute, you have my date of birth, the two pregnancies, you have very, very minimal information on me. How do you know that I'm qualified to do this? So I knew at that point I needed to take a beat and do a little more research. So thankfully, I found an agency that really, I got lucky. They did it right. And that doesn't always happen that way. I went on to have my first journey and and kind of Sunshine mentioned, I had such a great experience that you go into this, you're like, how do I do this again? How do I help another family? So a few years later, went on to help another amazing intended parent. First one was domestic, second couple was international and both special, but very different experiences. 
And like many of us do in this industry, as you enter into it, you can't really shake away this desire to help. And so I entered into the agency that I worked for and was their director of service outreach for many years. And what I realized was there's a lot of agencies that are hoping the surrogate isn't doing research and that they're just going to Google it, apply with that first agency, and that's going to be sufficient and go through that process. But there's a lot of unknowns. And so what I realized really quickly is we have to be that voice and make a difference for these women. And so just explaining some of the nuances that can be really scary or dangerous if you're not careful, understanding what does it look like to have an agency that's representing you. So um, through that is is really my desire and love. And I met Sunshine. She was a case manager. We both worked at the company. And and we joke and say, and I think it's something fun, is I jumped on her boat and was like, take me with you because this is something that I have such a passion and desire to educate women surrogates on this process. I think an uh, educated surrogate is somebody that's going to move on through this process. And maybe there's not going to be, it's not going to be perfect, right? There's going to be things that may come up, but an educated surrogate will then allow for that journey, the intended parents, for them to have a a good match, but then also a safe journey. So it's really bringing back that piece that I think is missing, even as, as little as um, understanding genetically tested embryos versus not genetically tested embryos. And what does that look like? You know, those are things that you go into this, like, I'm going to do surrogacy and tell me about your embryos. No, we don't, we don't know what to ask about those yeah. questions. So that's kind of where we come into play. Surrogacy is, is bringing in that component back that I feel like has kind of always been missing a little bit. So here yeah. we are. Wow. Thank you both for sharing your story. That is just, it's so inspiring. And, you know, I think as an intended parent too, well, first off the embryo thing, there are my own embryos and I didn't even understand genetic testing until we started doing surrogacy. Like we were young and we hadn't tested them when we went through IVF years prior and yeah, have been learning a lot. There's just like such a lack of information, but I just never thought about it from the other point of view, you know, like so many surrogates or I would assume most or all of them have not done IVF themselves. So how would you know any of these things? You're just like, oh, I'm going to help a a couple and it's going to be great and I can't wait. But there's so many details. There's a lot to navigate. So I definitely can see how that was like a missing link between surrogates and being partnered with like the right agency for them. And the other point that you made, I never thought about like surrogates being repeat surrogates. I mean, it's all about having a great experience too and being educated and having the right experience for them because that's another issue. I mean, I know there's a lot of wait times for intended parents because there aren't as many women as there are needed for intended parents. And I bet a lot of that is just like a lack of information and education and hopefully with the help of everything you guys are doing, that will change. And thanks for sharing why you wanted to become surrogates, because like, especially when I was looking into agencies and everything and didn't truly understand surrogacy at the time, I was like, why would anyone do this? Why would you do this for somebody? But this is coming from someone, my point of view, like pregnancy has not been fun. Pregnancy has been scary and stressful. And I just couldn't imagine someone like selflessly doing that for somebody else. So I always love when any surrogate is is happy to share their story as to why, because it just makes all the difference because it feels so businessy at first as an intended parent, especially when you're working with an agency and everything and it's not somebody you know, you're you're looking to be matched and it feels very transactional. So the second you start hearing these stories and, and our surrogate, this is her second journey and it's just hearing her point of view is just amazing. So it's 
very helpful that you guys share that. So thank you. You're welcome. And I, I was going to add to that. I joke and say I have yet to meet somebody who hasn't wanted to move forward with a second journey because usually after you do that first journey, you're motivated and it, is, it was so easy for you to make that decision. And then seeing those parents hold their baby for the first time, there's just nothing like it, you know? So you typically do go on to have another one if you're allowed to, if it was safe, if there was, right. if there was no complications, you know, of course, in that pregnancy. But surrogates come to this process. Usually their motivation is like, I want to help somebody. They might get pushback from it, their family members or somebody that's close to them, you know, but having that understanding of like why I'm here, why I want to do this is huge. And so many of these women that enter into this process, so like, I'm doing this. I want to help somebody. And the way I explained it to my mom, because she was hesitant, she's like, why are you doing mm-hmm. this? You know, I said, hey, you know what? There's another mom out there who's having sorrow for her daughter who has gone through the struggle. I want to make a grandma a grandma, you know, and this isn't just touching one person's, you know, this one family. This is echoing into the universe of such a profound thing. And at the end of the day, I know I've done something really special in helping somebody else. And to me, I remember saying afterwards, looking at the intended parents, like, thank you, because I wouldn't have had all of the things that I have in, in the journey that I've gone through in these last 14 years is because of the opportunity that I had being able to help somebody else. And, it, it, you know, and I have to, it's tenfold back, right? So it's just kind of one of those really beautiful things that we get to do every day. Yeah, so. absolutely. And the thing with with it echoing, I mean, that is so true. I, I had to kind of have a mind shift myself because when we decided to go the surrogacy route and it wasn't without struggles and IVF and some pretty scary pregnancies, but we have two very healthy sons. They're three and five. And I kind of felt like a lot of people close to us were like, why would you, why are you doing this? Like, don't you just want to be done? And why do you want to put yourself through that and and the cost of it and everything? And at first it made me feel like, are we being selfish? I, I don't know. I don't know. But then I talked to my own mom and it's like, it is, it's bigger than that. It's bigger than like adding a third kid to our family. It's adding a sibling, adding a niece and nephew, adding a grandchild. And our family is very close. So it, it is a ripple effect. And so for anyone who can see it as that's what it is when you're helping someone, it's so special and amazing. So you're absolutely right. I agree. It gives me chills thinking about the grandparents because I remember I didn't really think about that. And on the day that the twins were born, um, I remember the dads, they, their mothers were in Australia waiting mm-hmm. for their sons, sons to be born. And yeah. I remember FaceTiming with them and they were just crying, just like tears because they didn't grow up thinking that they would be able to have children and right. because they were gay. And so yeah. they didn't think that they were going to be able to have those grandchildren either. And it was just just so profoundly beautiful. And it's really a special thing. And I think, you know, even I've seen women that something that's really impressed me about the surrogates that we've met while we've been supporting women through this process is even if they don't have a journey that ends the way they want it to, like because we have helped women who have gone with an agency that matched them with parents that never wanted to meet them in person, that didn't show up to pick up their baby at the hospital, that sent a nanny to get the baby. And they had that sense of like disappointment because they Mm -hmm. didn't get that reward at the end. But rather than be like, this is, I don't want to do this. They come back and they're like, I want to do this again, but I want to do it right. And I want to do it different. And I want more out of it. And they come back and they try again. And so many women I've seen go through surrogacy that have never experienced a struggle of a miscarriage or a loss or anything. They go through multiple embryo transfers, sometimes with a chemical pregnancy or loss and have to have their first DNC. They've never had anything like that happen. 
And they Mm -hmm. keep coming back and showing up because they're so committed to seeing it through and to helping someone have their baby. I'm so in awe of all of the people that come together in this journey to make it happen and that don't quit when it gets hard and they're so committed. It's just a magical thing and such a beautiful side of humanity, I think, that I'm so grateful to be able to witness. It's so cool. Yeah, absolutely. And I feel like it's so hard to find moments like that these days. And knowing that there's people out there that all come together for that same purpose, it's it is. It's amazing to think about. And I was interviewing someone a while back and they said they were at a first birthday party that had everyone who had a hand in bringing this child into the family there. I mean, there was like 20 people between doctors and a surrogate and like everyone who was involved in all the process, like in one room. And I was like, oh, my God, I would lose it if like I had everybody in one room, because it's amazing how many people are put on earth to like have this purpose to help others because it, it's it's amazing. So tell me a little bit about how surrogacy is works. I know you help connect moms with intended parents. Tell me a little bit more about how that all works and how they get connected to agencies and everything, kind of like the ins and outs of exactly what you guys do. So it's it goes a little bigger than that because we want to help these women. But first and foremost, we want to make sure that we are being able to connect them to agencies that really meet the standard. When the standard is, if I was to do this again, or my best friend or my or my girlfriend wanted to do surrogacy, are they going to be in an agency that's going to take care of that? And there are some agencies that do it okay, but we want agencies that are doing it great and are going the extra miles. So we have a, a long list of requirements and standards that we expect when we're looking for the partner agencies. And we truly want to partner with the agencies that are doing it right. And so we'll vet an agency to see if they meet our criteria. And if they meet that criteria, then they get to be um, an agency that we're excited to partner with and really just go on these journeys because we don't just connect the surrogate and say, good luck. We yeah. want to really support them even after that point. So we find the agencies. We have about 28 agencies and we have been known to break some agencies' hearts if they are not really meeting the standards or maybe even they check all the bots of being an, an agency that's meeting those American Society of Reproductive Medicine rules and regulations that we kind of see forth that will allow for that success of that safe journey. Mm-hmm. Uh, but maybe they're just not offering the type of support. Maybe their communication is lacking. We want an agency to show up in that way also. So We've narrowed down and we work with a handful of really great agencies that really meet that standard of something that we would feel comfortable going through that process. And then we want to inspire and educate the surrogate. When they find us, they'll come through. We'll have a conversation. We want to make sure it's safe for her to do surrogacy. She's a mom first, priority number one. If it's not safe for her to do it, and it's not just physically, it's not just her pregnancy history, it's mentally, emotionally? Does she have support financially? So we spend a good about 45 to an hour conversation really getting to know her and her getting to know us because our team, all of them are experienced surrogates and they're as passionate as we are, all little weirdos. We love surrogacy so much. (laughs) We eat, breathe, and drink this every day. So, (laughs) And it's really an opportunity for us to bring back that education. So a lot of the women that come through this, they have a lot of questions like, what does it mean when you say medical screening? What is that going to look like? What does it look like when you're matching with intended parents? Do I have the right to ask questions on that match call? Or am I being told this is the person I'm being matched with? What are thoughtful questions I should be asking on that match call? 
Um, what does that pre-screening look like? What is a psychological screening? Why do they need to run my background? Why do they need to run my spouse's background? Why do they need to run anybody over the age of 18 <laughs> in the home, right? So yeah. there's all these questions that you go into this. And questions are good because it means somebody's doing their research. They're showing up to do this thing that they're setting forth in the hopes that they're going to be successful in it. So for us, it's being able to bring back that piece, that component that I feel like never really was there. And, mm-hmm. and we have the time and the ability to do that. And so we screen, how many surrogate advocates do we have right now, Sunshine? We have a large team, 23. Well, we almost always have one or two out on maternity leave or just about to go out on maternity <laughs> leave because Makes our sense. staff is all, almost always pregnant, whether with their own babies or somebody else's. Yeah. Um, so I think full-time surrogate advocates right now, we have six and we have a new one that just joined our team that's training now and we're hiring another one. And I think we'll probably feel like we've got it under control when we have at least seven full-time surrogate advocates, none on maternity leave. So maybe we mm-hmm. have to have nine on staff. To float it, to float it. Yeah. yeah makes sense. But, but, but the, but the really the goal is to just put together a beautiful profile, see what she's looking for, because that's going to look different for everybody. Maybe she's on the East Coast and is really looking to match with intended parents on the East Coast. Maybe she's not looking for a close relationship and that's okay too. Right. So we want to really meet her where she's at understand what those things are that she's looking for and some of the things that she may didn't even think about considering, i.e. tested embryos or i.e. understanding the travel associated with medical screening and embryo transfer if you're matching parents in California, you know. So really putting good perspective and understanding of what this process is going to look like so that when she does kick her agency, she's going to have the best journey and really be prepared in a way that I wish I had when I was doing you know, so yeah, so there are a so- lot of great agencies that are amazing, but are not for everyone because everybody it comes at this from a different angle and with different expectations and different hopes. And some women don't want to be vaccinated for COVID, and they really want to not compromise on that. And you don't want intended parents to compromise on that if they really prefer to have a surrogate that's vaccinated. You don't want the surrogate to compromise. If the intended parents want to have the right to make decisions about termination for their baby and there's a surrogate who's really uncomfortable with that under any circumstances, we want to make sure that she finds an agency that has intended parents that meet those guidelines. And so they're not always right. There's not always sometimes there's just one great option for everyone. Sometimes it's finding that needle in the haystack. Yeah. Um, and other times a surrogate is super open and meets all the qualifications and has a dozen agencies to choose from. And we have to help her narrow that down. So, yes, yeah. it's, it's neat. Well, that's so helpful because it's such an important decision, obviously. And it's awesome that you're helping surrogates have power and confidence in that decision and in that experience because it's overwhelming for sure. I mean, I, from my point of view on the other side of it, I didn't even know where to begin. And there's so many things that you just don't know until you're in it. So I think not only are you obviously helping surrogates and helping them find their best experience, but also in the long run, you're helping intended parents as well because, you know, you want to be with somebody who has all the information, like no surprises. No, you want it has to be a mutually beneficial. You know, everyone talks about the match with intended parents and the surrogate, but being matched with the right agency on both ends, too, can really, I feel like, make or break an experience for two people who are feeling very passionate for different reasons. And there's just like a lot of emotions involved, too. So any guesswork you can take out of it is is so helpful. So that's really cool. That, that's your mission. And you guys are going to do great things. You said it's been three years. 
been three we years. Too. Amazing. Years. Yeah. That's and we, <laughs> these women, when they have their profile put together and we shop their options, we then will have them connect with a, one of our agency option advisors. And we want to give these women choice. So it's presenting them with the top three, four agencies that are the best fit for her. And she then gets to decide which agency is going to be the best fit for her. So now she's got the control to understand what are the nuances about each of these agencies? What is the time frame? What type of intended parents? Where are they located? You know, really all those things that the shopping experience you really don't get when you're Googling yeah. and hoping that this is going to work itself out. So she then, when she's shopping and, and deliberating with her partner, when she chooses her agency, she's in it, right? She's, she's made that decision. She's done all the legwork. She sees and understands that each of the agency's benefit packages the type of support the agency offers, the caseload. And when she gets to the agency, she's ready to rock and roll. So that even yeah. in itself is pretty neat because the surrogates are like, hey, where's that medical release form so I can get started in collecting my records? Because I know there's a ton of waiting and 10 parents ready to take that next step. So they're motivated and really just run with it when they have Yeah. Wow. Steps. How helpful for the agencies. Because so often, you know, that I, I know that a lot of these agencies have their referral programs and things like that. And women will see a link and set up calls and kind of dabble, but you're still not getting the whole picture. So even for these agencies, I mean, wow, anyone who filters through you guys, they're being presented with someone who's like, yeah, confident and ready to go, which is helpful for everybody. So that's amazing. There's a lot of women that apply and learn more and decide it's not for them or, you know, it's not the right time. And there's a lot of effort and time that goes into that. So like Casey was saying, I think when asking how many surrogate advocates do we have, Each of our surrogate advocates has a full schedule of women that she talks to every day. So I was just looking at this recently. We receive on average about a thousand applications for surrogates that are qualified, that meet our qualifications. That is, it's a pretty extensive, like about 80 question quiz that they take to see if they qualify and meet the basic requirements to schedule a call with one of our surrogate advocates. And of those a thousand We get so many on the phone, I think, gosh, I don't know, a couple hundred a week, but we end up narrowing that down to only connecting between 75 and 100 surrogates who are actually ready to go to agencies every month. And so that's a lot of legwork to go through all that many candidates to narrow that down to the women who are serious and who are ready and who do qualify And that saves the agencies that we work with a lot of time and effort, I think. Yeah, Um, absolutely. Which is pretty, pretty amazing when I think about the volume and the reach that we've had and the amount of women that we've been able to connect with. And sometimes they're not ready. And then they come back to us a year later and they're like, okay, I'm ready now. And then they are, but they took their time and, and we want them to take their time. Nobody should feel pressured to move forward with something as huge as carrying somebody else's baby for them. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And kind of going back to what we were saying before with like ripple effects. I mean, even if someone isn't ready now, they just were vetted, learned a little bit more that they might know somebody else and pass it along and kind of filter them through. So I think in all areas of the process, there's this ripple effect that's kind of benefiting everyone, which is amazing. We were interviewing with an IVF doctor just recently and they had made a statement that they feel as though the time frame, the waiting process for the intended parents has gone down. And I can't help but feel like we've been a big piece in that, which is really fun to say that we have the opportunity to make a difference. We set out to do this thing and to really shift the industry in a positive way 
and bring forth more opportunity to make change. And it's pretty cool that we're here now doing this and really the success of seeing so many families they built from it, which is really cool. Yeah, that's incredible. And bringing down the wait times is is just so huge, obviously. You know, my husband and I, we really probably weren't fully ready to dive into surrogacy and looking into it. But one quick search showed us the wait times and especially coming off of COVID because this was beginning of 2022 and everything was taking a long time. And we were like, okay, well, this could be, you know, we won't have a baby in our arms for like another year and a half. And that's if we start the research and get going now. And so we were still, I mean, we were only maybe four months post losing our daughter. And I mean, we just, we knew we wanted to expand our family, but we weren't like mentally there yet, but we just had to get the process going because it was going to take so long. So I know everyone has their own stories, but the wait time, especially if you don't have children yet and you've already been waiting, you've already been trying. And I can't say enough about like lowering the wait times because it is, it's stressful. It's hard when you want something so bad, obviously. And same thing, I feel like on the surrogate side as well, you know, when you're committed to doing something, when you have your mindset on something, any way that that can speed up the process and put you in front of the right people is just going to lower anxiety and everything for everyone involved. And I bet you do have a hand in in helping everything change because this is just amazing. So I did want to go back. I just have some questions about your own personal experiences. And I'm sure this could be talking for a lot of your surrogates as well. But you've both been a surrogate multiple times. Has every journey been different? Obviously, I'm sure you learn more from the first to the second to even the third. Like I said, our surrogate is, is her second time. And I'm just learning so much more about women who are just finding joy and doing this journey. And like you said, you haven't met a lot of women who at the end of one journey, you know, give the gift of a baby to somebody and like, they're not like jonesing to do it again. So I would love to hear a little bit more about that. I think the biggest thing that I, the takeaway that you've seen with an experienced surrogate is she's learning and she's soaking it all in for that first journey. How does this process work? What things can I maybe do differently for my next journey. A few of the main things that I find that a, a surrogate's going to take away is maybe the type of relationship she's looking for in that second journey. She might be looking for something that looks a little different. Maybe she was just like, I'm ready to get matched and I'm just going to say yes because I want to help a family. But maybe she's going to shift a little bit about the relationship she's looking for. Maybe there's something in the contract that she's hoping that will be in there and have written in a little differently. Maybe she has a different expectation on matching with intended parents and the embryo quality or how many embryos they have, you know. So a lot of those things, you'll usually take that insight and then apply it to your next journey if you're going to do this. So that's really just kind of just the learning and growing in it. And when you do your second journey, I had my second journey. I thought I had it all figured out. It wasn't until I worked behind the scenes and really understanding the nuances of the clinic or expectation, really understanding sign of the insight from the intended parents. You know, a lot of times women come into this and they're so excited about helping a family. But like you mentioned, a lot of intended parents come to this and they've gone through some heartache and and sadness. And really this is their last effort at trying to grow their family. So putting the right perspective with the surrogate and having that insight, it helps that next journey kind of moving through that process. So those are some of the takeaways that I had. I really was looking for that relationship that I wanted with the intended parents. And maybe you're going to match with a clinic this time around that's a little bit closer so you're not having to travel as far. Or maybe less outside monitoring appointments or that protocol that's going to be a little differently. So 
I think there's a few things. I don't know, Sunshine, what, what would you say? Some of the things that away? were big, a big takeaway for me was in my first journey, I naively transferred to embryos and carried twins. And I talk to women now about that risk because I was very optimistic and thought everything's going to be perfect and smooth and fine. And luckily for us, the babies were born healthy. They didn't spend any time in the NICU. We made it to 35 weeks, but 35 weeks in three days. But I had to be on bed rest. I had to go in the hospital for preterm labor at 32 weeks. And I had to do a magnesium drip, which sounds like vitamins. It's not. I've had that. I've had one, a magnesium drip a couple of times. And it's like just burning in your body. It's torture. It's (laughs) It's terrible. And I fortunately had an older child, but now when I I have women that are like, I think that sounds really neat to carry twins. I would love to carry twins. And she's got a two-year-old and a four-year-old at home and she's a stay-at-home mom and she's the primary caregiver. And I have to say, what if you go on bed rest? Because the likelihood is that you will. It's more unlikely that you won't. So you will. So when you go on bed rest, who's going to take care of your two-year-old and your four-year-old? Who's going to do the grocery shopping, the laundry? all the things, take the kids to the park, keep them busy because you're stuck in bed. Or what if you're in hospital bed rest? Who's going to be picking up that slack for you at home? These are real things that happen. And and we go into them thinking like, oh, well, we'll figure it out when it happens. It'll be fine. It'll be fine. But I know I have had a couple of surrogates now that started our process in the early days and didn't listen to that advice. And Mm -hmm. they'll tell you now, we have two who ended up on hospital bed rest carrying twins and were away from their kids. And it was such a hardship on them just to be away from their own kids. They felt so bad. They felt like they missed their family and they wished that they hadn't taken that risk. So not carrying twins on purpose, I think was Mm -hmm. my big takeaway for my next journey. I would not do a double embryo transfer again. And then the other thing was in my second journey with my intended parents, the first time around I had gay dads who knew that this was going to be how they built their family. So they didn't come with any sadness or heartache to that process. They knew that this was going to be the path. But my intended mother in my second journey, she grew up thinking she was going to be a mom and she was going to have a ton of kids and that this is what she was born to do. And when she had lost her uterus after her first pregnancy, she was really devastated by that. And she had a lot of fear. She's very much a type A person. And so she likes to have control over things. And I remember early on in our relationship and something that the agency didn't do a great job at preparing us for supporting us because she wanted me to deliver in another hospital that was far away. She had told the agency that they knew it. They didn't tell me until we were already matched and so far along into the process. And she's like, okay, so when you move to LA and I was like, when I do what? Yeah. What? <laughs> um, I'm not doing that. And then yeah. we had to come to terms. I did. And it was fine. It ended up being really good experience. But we had some struggle in our relationship in the beginning because I was frustrated because I felt like she wasn't trusting me. I felt like she didn't believe that I was doing the right thing or making good decisions. And really, she was just struggling with some trauma from what she had been through and giving up that control. And it was not something that I feel like we were prepared for. And we worked through it and we really came so far. But looking back, I wish that somebody had spent the time to talk with me about how she was feeling and how she got there so that I could have approached her with more empathy because I feel like my resistance to her wanting to control the situation made her feel more fearful And it caused a lot more strife than was necessary. And then when we went on and had our next journey, we were totally, you know, in line and we had that mutual trust and mutual respect for one another. And 
we came a long way and I'm glad that we did and that we got through it. But I have regret that I wasn't more patient and more kind with what she was feeling at that time, that I was so frustrated. And that was one of my biggest takeaways in my third and final journey was I felt really glad that I could help her again and that I could have the opportunity to be the supportive surrogate that she could trust to carry her babies. And that it was such an honor to be trusted to carry her babies. And she's such a good mom and she has such a beautiful family. And I just love watching them. We're friends on Facebook. We're busy. I'm busy. She's busy. We don't communicate very often, but I know that I always am going to love and respect her and her husband and those kids and likewise. And I think that's something that Casey mentioned that surrogates need to be more aware of is that what intended mothers are bringing to this is a lot of heartbreak and a lot of vulnerability. And we think about the surrogate's vulnerability and that's always kind of been my driving force and my angle is to protect the surrogate because she's vulnerable. But intended parents are vulnerable too. And that's kind of the transition that we're making now is to find more ways to support intended parents. Because since we've been doing this and we've had more visibility, we've had so many intended parents reach out to us and say, I'm on this waiting list. They took $20,000 for me and I've been on this waiting list for 17 months. Can you help me? And we're we're like, we don't work with that agency. So we can't in good conscience send a surrogate there to help you. And it, it just makes me so sad that there are agencies that take people's money up front and then hold them hostage when all they want to do is build their family. And it it makes me really sad. And so I'm really excited now to be able to support that other side and really focus on what is the mission. The mission is to help people have healthy babies and to make sure that nobody's taken advantage of in that process. And I'm excited about the next step in surrogacy is and where we're going. That kind of leads why we started surrogacy as the agency is really just understanding that there is a need and it's a big need to feel and be able to offer up that same support to the intended parents because we've been so focused on that surrogate side of things, but we're entering into this process that these intended parents coming into this really are in the same platform of not knowing what to do next and really hoping the agency is going to step up and do the thing. So us being able to be a resource and now an agency to support both parties has been really special and we're excited for this new adventure. I am excited for you guys too. And I'm just blown away by what you guys are doing. I have so many thoughts on everything that you just shared. Thank you for sharing your different journeys and everything. There's so many interesting things you brought up. One being that you said, Sunshine, you wish that you maybe had more patience with your second surrogacy journey. But I think it's one of those things. It's like you don't, you you truly just don't know until you're in it, unless you have someone, like you said, you're kind of putting these pieces together for everybody to make everything a lot smoother. And everyone does have their own story going into surrogacy. And thank God that, you know, the women who are stepping up to be surrogates haven't experienced this. That's the whole reason why they're able to do this. So no one would would expect to know what an attended parent who has been through a lot of heartache is going through if they've never been in those shoes themselves. And you're right. I think it's so important on both ends to kind of understand that so you can have the best relationship possible. And that's so cool that you got to help grow their family again. And kind of gets that point because it is, it's, you know, you use the word relationship a lot and that's what it is. I know everyone has a different relationship with their surrogate based on what they're looking for and what you're looking for. But 
it is such a big ask and such a big thing that you're doing that it is so important to be able to see eye to eye on everything. And I love that the work that you're doing is also, you mentioned, you know, now kind of tapping into the intended parent side because, and I can only speak for someone who's struggled to grow my own family. Like the mom you were talking about, who she always wanted to be a mom, that's what she pictured. And then she realized that wasn't the case. You know, you're in a very vulnerable state. Like I said, my husband and I, we were coming right off of our third loss and also parenting two littles at home. And so we were kind of not processing it all while also jumping in and trying to keep things moving. So you're in a, this like vulnerable state and these agencies, you're you're putting down big deposits and big costs and figuring out how to make it work. And you're coming from desperation. I think there are a lot of agencies out there that are just kind of, I don't know if taking advantage is the word, but are just kind of expecting a lot from someone who is just at a very low point. So something like surrogacy is where you can kind of ease that gap is just so hopeful for the future of surrogacy and intended parents because it is, it's needed. There's something missing in there. It shouldn't be so like dive all in blindly because this is the only way you can have a child or not, you know? And then even for the longest time, I didn't even know if we could figure out how to go this route because it just seems so overwhelming. But I think the more I learned about it and all the different people who help, whether it's for your mental health or being matched with the right person or financially, like what your options are. I mean, if you bring all these people together and the more you learn, it's like, oh, there are a lot of ways to navigate this and a lot of different ways to do it and people to do it with. And it might be more accessible to more people than then realize it just because it is. It's a lot. I'm just so excited for everything you guys are doing. So thank you so much for starting Surrogacy Is. It's truly amazing. And I can't wait to see what you guys are going to do going forward. And I will be shouting it from the rooftops, telling everybody I know about Surrogacy Is. Um, I'm just so passionate about this as well. Before we go, and I've talked about surrogacy a little bit on this show. So for our listeners who've been around, they're hearing my updates and everything, but it's all coming from my point of view. I think this is the first episode where we're really getting a really good inside look on surrogacy, if there's someone listening who has just considered the idea or is like always thought about it, but doesn't know how to go about doing it, what would be the advice that you would give for someone who's heard this episode and is, you know what, I would love to do that for another family. What would you say to them? Whoever wants to go. (laughs) Well, we have created a really, really easy quiz. It takes eight minutes to take this quiz and it asks you all of the important questions to narrow down if you meet the basic requirements. And my first step always is to encourage women to take that quiz. And then I always remind them that only four out of 10 who take the quiz, meaning I feel inspired to do this and I'm curious enough to find out if I even qualify, only 40% of those women actually do pass that quiz and qualify. So I think the first step, if you're rolling it around in your mind, is to find out if you even qualify so that you can put it out of your mind if it's not something that's for you. I know a lot of times people will spend a lot of time thinking about it and thinking about it and thinking about it and then get to the point where they find out, oh, I can't even do this anyways. Why did I spend all that time and energy doing this research? So my first advice is to go to surrogacy.is and click on the link to take the quiz. After you do, if you pass, you'll be given the opportunity to schedule a call with a surrogate advocate. All of the surrogate advocates on our team have been surrogates at least once, if not twice, three or even four times. And they will walk you through all the questions and they will be your guide throughout the entire process. They will stick with you to the end and it doesn't cost surrogates anything. It's absolutely free. 
and the support doesn't go away. And even if you don't qualify and you want to talk to somebody after you take the quiz and you're like, can you tell me why? Like, why (laughs) this? We want to make sure that we respect anybody who really had the heart to even come forward and, and volunteer to spend the time and talk with them and explain to them why these requirements are in place and why it's not safe for them. Or maybe it's something silly like BMI. And mm-hmm. they're like, oh, well, I really want to do this. All I have to do is lose 15 pounds. I can do that. And then we can help them get there. So I think that's the first step. And then you can ask all your questions, learn everything and decide if it's something that you want to move forward with. And if you want to use our help to get there, we're happy to help you. If not, I definitely recommend if you're just going to go and shop agencies on your own, you have to look at at least five agencies and compare their benefit packages side by side. Find out who the owner of the agency is. There's a lot of agencies that have popped up that are owned internationally, but the owner isn't like named anywhere publicly, which feels really shady and nerve wracking to me. So go on their website, meet the team, see who is the person at the helm. Why did they start this agency? What is their motivation? How long have they been in business? What fertility clinics do they work with? What types of intended parents do they work with? And compare all of those agencies before you make a decision on where you're going to go. Whether you use our help to do that research or you do it on your own, I absolutely recommend doing that and not just jumping in with the first agency because you could make a really bad call and you could be one of those women that delivers a baby and never meets the intended parents and the baby goes home with a nanny or a who knows, you know, and you're yeah. like, I never got to meet them. I never got that sense of satisfaction or my medical bills didn't get paid or the escrow didn't account have wasn't fully funded. Yeah, I didn't there's have so life much. insurance. There's so many yeah. things. So you want to make sure all those things are being done correctly. And there's so many ways and there's so many great agencies that are doing it. So just don't jump into it blindly. That's my yeah. advice for surrogates. Don't go into it blindly. Please, please, please. Yeah. And Surrogacy is offers a really special closed Facebook group. So we have an immense amount of support that really just goes beyond just our team of surrogate advocates and trying to make sure that everybody has the resources they need. So there's a lot of Facebook groups out there. We sometimes say there's a lot of mean girls. We always joke and say, you need a PhD to ask a question in any of these groups. Unfortunately, if you ask a question, you might be booted out or made to feel silly. So we have a, an amazing something that we're so proud of, Facebook group that is closed to the surrogates that we've helped. And there's thousands of women in there. They ask questions and they can ask the same question over and over and over again without feeling like it's a silly question. And really meeting other women who may be in their location, generally speaking, or really just being able to, I'm going to do some research or I'm losing weight right now and I want to get all the information before I take these next steps. But we have a lot of support. We offer a lot of webinars, professionals that we've brought on to talk on the different topics, the legal process, the IVF process. So there's a lot of resources that surrogacy is will offer the surrogate just to really make sure she has the support and is really ready and equipped. We have her toolbox filled to get going on her journey. That's awesome. That is all very helpful and great advice. That is the first place to start because yeah, you can really go in this like deep dive of of Googling and just really start your wheels spinning and being super excited to do something. But unless you start with that first, like you mentioned the quiz, I think that is a great place to start. It'll really put things in perspective. And you never know, like you said, it could be something as silly as your BMI and it's like a, a minor change or it could be something bigger. And, and then it's just time to get that idea out of your head. So that is a perfect place to start. And I will be sure to obviously I'll link to the website and everything in the show notes. So anyone listening can just find everything there. 
But thank you both so much. Thank you, Sunshine. And thank you, Casey. I appreciate you being on the show. This was so helpful. I am always here to bring light on anything related to surrogacy because I just think it's so important. I am in it right now. I'm excited about it. And I am so grateful that people like you guys exist. So thank you for all the work that you're doing and for being on the show. I appreciate it. Thank you so much and good luck on your journey. We're so excited for you. Thank you. Thanks for tuning in. If you want to connect with the ladies from Surrogacy Is and learn more, there is a link in the podcast show notes. Also in the notes is a link to join the Motherhood Intended Community Group on Facebook. There's a lot of exciting stuff going on there. I just started some breakout chat groups through the community to really hone in on the different experiences that everyone's having. So the first chat we have going has about 40 women in it, and it's for everyone who's experiencing IUIs or IVF right now. It's a place to give and get support. So there are women in there like myself who have been through IVF and IUIs, and there are women who are currently going through it. And it's been some really awesome conversations supporting each other and sharing our stories and checking in on each other to make sure everyone's okay. So join the Motherhood Intended Community Group. I'm going to be starting some more breakout conversations and chat groups for people who are navigating surrogacy, women who have toddlers, school-age kids. There's going to be something for everybody in every stage of motherhood. So hit that link and join the community. We have over 450 women in there now. And it is truly a safe space to talk about it all. As you know, I'm an open book. I'm here to support everybody with the knowledge that I have based on everything that I've experienced. And I truly believe that no one should go through any of this alone, whether you have a seamless transition into motherhood or a rocky road like mine. Motherhood is hard and there's a lot of moving parts and it's constantly changing. So what better way to stay grounded than with a bunch of other women who are here to support you? So click that link and join the community. While you're at it, there's a link in the notes to review the podcast. So if you love this episode, please tell me why. The best support that you can give for the podcast is to leave a review. It helps with visibility. It helps tell others what the show is about. And I just truly appreciate the feedback. Everything I hear helps shape the way I produce this podcast. And I love knowing what is helpful, what episodes you like best. So please take 30 seconds, hit the fifth star if you love this episode and leave a quick review. I appreciate it. Last but not least, if you are interested in following along on my personal journey and keeping up to date with the podcast, if you don't already, follow me on Instagram. You can find me at motherhood underscore intended. I will be sharing all the updates from our surrogacy journey and just my life in real time. As you know, I'm very transparent and my biggest goal is just to educate others on everything that I'm going through and be really honest and open and vulnerable with it all because... If only one person sees my story and feels connected or supported or educated, then to me, it's it's worth it. So follow along at motherhood underscore intended. As always, I hope everyone has a great weekend and please keep the prayers and positive vibes coming my way for some good news in the coming weeks. It is pretty cool to know I have so many people in our corner and I hope you know that if you're going through something really hard right now, I've got your back as well. Feel free to reach out to me with a DM. You can email me at hello at motherhoodintended.com. I'm here. I'm here to listen. I'm here to offer any support I can. Don't be shy. I'll talk to you all again next Thursday.